0: I'm Pastor Julius Stevens. I'm the former pastor of Word of Faith Christian Church. They gave me the title of Pastor Emeritus. Uh, That means that I'm no longer uh, the senior pastor anymore, but I'm still very much a part of the church. But the Lord has led me to uh, start this podcast, uh, whether you're on Facebook Live or watching me on YouTube, and just to come to you on a weekly basis or as the Lord leads, to just share a word to encourage you, to you know, starve your doubts and feel, and uh, build your faith. So let's have a word of prayer and we're gonna get right into it. Father, I just thank you and praise you for another day that you've made. We're gonna rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you and praise you for all of those that will view this broadcast, that something will be said today uh, that will cause them to strengthen their faith, uh, strengthen their belief, strengthen their trust in you. And Father, we call them blessed. We call it everything that they put their hand to, will prosper in Jesus name we pray amen also if you get a blessed if you're blessed by what something that has been shared today and you want others to uh, hear this please like and share and uh, pass it on to your friends as you watch this this is our third time coming to you and we've been focusing on the God kind of faith. Uh, Total disclosure, this is a book that I'm currently writing. I'm about three-fourths finished on love, and what I've been doing is just taking excerpts from the book to just share with you. Uh, The book will be out in a few months, and uh, I'm excited about what the Lord has given me uh, to share. And so I'm just going to share some of the excerpts from the book that I'm uh, currently writing Uh, with you on a weekly basis, and I believe it'll be a blessing to you. The first two times that we got together, we're talking about the God kind of love. The God kind of love is different from an emotional love. We talked about this uh, last week, understanding the difference between liking someone and loving someone, and our point of reference is the God kind of love. The God kind of love is a decision that you make toward the individual, to love, to see them as valuable and precious. It's a decision that you make toward another individual that says that to my hurt, I will serve you. It's to, it's a decision that you make toward that individual that I will always forgive you no matter what you do, no matter how much it hurts, no matter what the pain is, I will always forgive you. The God kind of love is always pointing from you to an individual and you don't do it because of the individual. You don't love someone with the God kind of love because of who they are. You love them with the God kind of love because of who you are. Because that's why, that's the motivation uh, that God loves us, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. uh, They don't love us because of who we are or how good we are or our our good behavior, bad behavior. They don't consider us when they decide to love us. Uh, When God, the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit decide to like, I'm sorry, to love us, it's a decision that they make independent of us. And so uh, we talked about this last week. We talked about knowing whether or not you love someone or like someone. Liking someone is your response to what they do for you. Remember, we said the God kind of love goes this way, but liking someone is my response to the things that you do that I like that come to me. And we have to be careful that when we say that we like something, When we substitute the word like for love, that is not true. And a lot of times people that we really like, we tell them that we love them. And again, that's not true that you really love this person because we said, and I'm reviewing, we said last week that you will find out how much you love for someone is not when they do what you like, but it's when they do what you don't like. That's when you decide that is the love test. It is not what they're doing that you like. It's when they do something that you don't like. Like is no longer on the table. And now I have to go to another level because what you're doing is that you're going from an emotional level in this relationship to a spiritual level. Liking someone is always on the emotional level. Uh, like a, a friend of mine we were discussing this yesterday and he said it's on the psychological level and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with feeling good and liking something you, you everybody has things that they like and they don't and they dislike but you can't have a relationship with anyone uh, that you can sustain it on that person always doing something that you like And that's how you evaluate where the relationship is based on what you like, because that always keeps you selfish and self-centered. But when you go to the other level, I call it the base level, the foundational level of all love, the spiritual level. Now you're at a place where God dwells and God is saying, I can help you on a spiritual level to love this person, even when the emotions are gone. And that's the love that we wanna talk about. We talked about uh, one of the uh, first lessons that we talked about was who's who's in charge of your happiness. Uh, You make me happy, you make me happy. Uh, That's not a way to have a relationship where the other person has been given the responsibility to make you happy. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with doing things that people like. That's how you get that's how the relationship gets started, especially lovers with children you don't have a choice' They're yours <laughs> and you have them. But what I'm saying is you cannot sustain a late a relationship on what you like. when you want to go to the level of love, Now you have to remove all selfishness. You have to remove all self-centeredness. And that became the foundation that becomes the sustainability in that relationship when you get it to a level of love. And that's a decision that you make independent of the other person. Now, today I want to talk about another aspect of love. Uh, it's near and dear to me personally, things that I've had to deal with personally, and that is overcoming uh, rejection. One of the greatest, one of the best, I do not use great, uh, but one of the best feelings that you, emotions that you can have as a human being is the feeling of acceptance. On the other hand, one of the worst feelings that you can have as a human being, is the feeling of rejection. And if you live on this earth any period of time, you will experience rejection at some level. Unfortunately, some, let's say on a scale of one to 10, some people experience rejection at a level two, and they're good, they can handle it, they can process it. It does not make a difference into who they are and how they live their life. But let's say 8 to 10. There are others who have experienced uh, rejection on a level of 8 to 10, and this has totally shaped their personality. This has totally shaped how they interact with people and how they uh, make friends and how they make lovers and how they interact with their family because they have in their emotions a root of rejection. And you know, like I say, with how I do it, before we can discuss any subject, we have to define the terms so that we know exactly what we're talking about when we use these two words. The word acceptance is defined as to receive, to take, to approve, to give favor, to give preference. The word acceptance, when you accept someone, when you accept a person, into your sphere, into your life, it means that you receive them, you approve of them, you give them favor, you give them preference. Now, on the other hand, when one is rejected, it means to cast away. It means to refuse. It means to disapprove. It means to that they want you to disappear. When someone has rejected you, they mean that it means they uh, they uh, to cast you away, to refuse you, to disapprove of you. and literally it means they would, wouldn't care if you were to disappear. okay? Why? Because I reject you. One of the one of the best feelings in the world is accepted. And we learned this very young. The way God originally had designed man to live, Uh, was that man and woman would come together and they would have children, Uh, be fruitful and multiply. You have children. And his love was to be infused on the inside of us. His love is going to be infused on the inside of us. And then this man and this woman come together and they accept each other. They don't reject each other. They accept each other. They have children. They accept the children. And then sin entered in. Uh, In the book of Genesis chapter two, uh, verse 16, uh, God tells Adam and Eve that I don't want you to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I don't want you to know the difference between what's good and evil, okay? Don't eat of this tree. Well, we know the story. They went on and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they found out what, what it's like to have good and evil living in the same body, they found out. Uh, th- they found out the pleasure of good, but they also found out the the uh, pain of evil. And evil is having uh, opposition to God. Anything that's evil, it's opposed to God. It's useless to God. It's inferior to God. I'm talking about something that's evil. It's unsuitable for God's use. Uh, it produces injury, it's corrupt, it's wicked, it brings unhappiness, distress, it's full of evil thoughts, evil words, and evil deeds. God said, I never wanted man to do that. And one of the things that man do that's evil is that we reject people. The first person that we the first people that God wanted us, to to receive this good feeling of acceptance is our parents. Now, (laughs) some of you are blessed that you had great parents. I'm talking about mothers and fathers, that uh, they took you in their arms. They nurtured you. They loved you. Uh, They gave you nothing but acceptance. For a lot of people, that is not the case. One of the saddest things I heard, oh shoot, maybe 20 years ago, I heard a young person say this and it broke my heart. They were talking about, I mean, these were this this young lady was a teenager and she was having a lot of problems. I used to teach school, taught school for 24 years, and she was in my office. I believe it was in my office, and uh she says, I don't know why my mother doesn't want me. Oh, that broke my heart. You could see the rejection from the top of her head to the soles of her feet when she said, I don't know why my mother doesn't want me. She was staying with some other relatives, and she just, but her mother had issues, really. Her mother shouldn't have had her. Her mother was not uh, in a position uh, to help her. Her mother needed help herself. Uh, But be that it may, we were made for our parents to nurture nurture us and love us. That's the way God wired us. But a lot of us, we we didn't get that. Now, I'm not talking about me personally. You know, I I wouldn't trade my parents in uh, for the world. Uh, but they had flaws, just like my children's parents had flaws. Okay. But the point is, God created us to be accepted that we would not be rejected. In fact, Jesus, this is what he said uh, about acceptance. And I love this scripture in John chapter six, verse 37. Uh, I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. He said, however, those that that the Father has given me, Jesus is speaking here, will come to me and I will never reject them. Ooh, that's good news. Jesus said, anybody that comes to me, I will never Reject you. I will never cast you away. I will never refuse you. I will never, watch this, I will never disapprove of you. And I will never tell you to disappear. Has nothing to do with, again, this is out of love. This has nothing to do with you. This has everything to do with the decision that I've already made about you. And he says, I will accept you. He that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast away. Well, the problem is, is that we want people to accept us because that's the way God created us. And that's why he created all of us for us to accept each other. But again, evil has entered the world and with evil came rejection. Uh, You get involved with friends and you want these friends to accept you. And then you find out that these friends will reject you. You find out teachers might reject you. You find out relatives might reject you. And after a while, you can develop a root of rejection. And that's a hard one. That's a hard way to live. We're gonna get deep into details of this. When you have a root of rejection, where you're living your life in fear of someone rejecting you. And this fear is shaping your personality. It's shaping how you live your life. It's shaping how you interact with people. You always live with this fear that someone is going to cast me away. Someone is going to abandon me. Someone is going to hurt me. And When you find people in their teens, their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, man, it's hard to connect with those people and it's hard for those people to connect with other people. The word relationship at its root comes from the root word relate, which means to connect. That God created us for relationships that we have to connect, that God wanted us to connect with people in a godly way. But if you have not been taught, and if you've not experienced that type of connection with people in a godly way where you have been accepted, well, I don't care, as you get older, you'll never know how to connect with people. And you'll have one failed relationship after another. You will be estranged from your parents, even though you might know each other, you're really not that close because you never really connected with your parents. On that acceptance level, you know, I have a a, a twin brother. I can laugh at it now uh, because I've I've gotten over it and process it. And uh, me and my twin brother, when we were young, uh, terrible thing to do to to children, by the way, compare. We're going to talk about comparing. And so like twins, people compare you. And uh, my father must have, in talking with his men friend, must have referred to my son, my brother, my brother, Jerry, who I love. Man, I love my brother. Uh, Jerry uh, didn't didn't like him for a long time, but I love him today. Like him, too. But uh, uh, they referred to him as hard rock. And so a lot of times when I go around my my father's friends, they would ask which one of those uh, which one of the twins are you? Are you Hard Rock? I thought they might ask uh, my name. Are, are are you? They call me Romy back home. Are you Romy or Jerry? They never used to. Say, are you Romy? They said, Are are you Hard Rock? And so I would have to answer the question, and I would say, Well, no, I'm I'm not Hard Rock. I'm, I guess I'm Soft Rock. <laughs> if he's Hard Rock, I must I must be the soft. I must be the sissy of the two. I must be the punk of the two. And you know that can mess with you when you're looking for acceptance. When they seem to uh, they seem to lift your brother up, and it and it seems to put you down. How many of you know that, that that could that could work on you and grade on you? And so after a while, instead of knowing how to accept my brother, uh, you you felt like you were in competition. And you see, here's one thing, and I'm I'm way ahead of myself. You cannot love who you're in competition with where you're struggling trying to get up on this person. See, in competition, there's a winner and there's a loser. And when you're in competition with someone, you want them to lose so that you can get the recognition for the win. And you cannot have that in a relationship. And there's brothers and sisters that compete against each other in the family. Uh, you have friends competing each other for the, the best dress and the, the they, they say that they're friends. They're competing each other for the best dress, who gets the most girls, who get the most guys. Uh, And then you carry on that same mentality into adulthood. You cannot love who you compete against. Why? Because they become your enemy. And I don't care if you say, well, we're best of friends uh, off the basketball court. Yeah, but soon as we get on the basketball court and you have on a different colored uniform than me and you're not on my team, I want to beat your butt and I don't care how you feel about it. God never. He warns us about comparing ourselves amongst each other. Why? Because you cannot love who you compete against. But, you know, we worked that out. Love, my brother, love talking to him. I'm going to call him today and see how much snow they got up there in Fort Wayne. And uh, love talking to him and all of that. But I'm talking about if you don't deal with these issues in your life, they will be with you all your life until you deal with that. This thing of being feeling like you are rejected because you cannot isolate rejection and say, yeah, uh, you know, I felt rejected over here but I don't feel rejected when I go over here. Once it gets on the inside of you, that rejection goes wherever you go and it will affect your relationships wherever you go. When I was teaching school, I ran across this uh, poem by a lady by the name of of Dorothy Law Nolte, N-O-L-T-E. She's a PhD. And she wrote this poem that I often read uh, to remind me of the type of students that were coming into my room every, every year, because you never know where these kids came from and what they've been going through. And she wrote this poem called Children Live What They Learn. In other words, children are, are, are like walking recorders. They like walking webcams. They are recording everything around them from their parents, from their, uh, from their grandparents, everything around them, children are recording things. And it's through these things that are recorded that get on the inside of them that are either accepting them or rejecting them. And I'm just gonna read some excerpts from that poem. It's called children live what they learn and then what they learn, <laughs> they express when they become adults. Children, after they learn something, these are the things that they carry into their lives as adults. And this is why they're either good at relationships or they're horrible at relationships. And she said this this speaks to rejection. If children live with criticism, criticism is a rejection of that child. And you carry that with you in, re, in result in, into adulthood. If children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. Condemn simply means to reduce your value to zero. And if a child is constantly being criticized, when they grow into adulthood, if they don't deal with that, they will look at people and quickly reduce their value so they can elevate their value. She goes on to say, if children live with hostility, they learn to fight. Man, did I see a lot of that when I was... uh, teaching school. I was a director of a, a, a alternative program for about the last eight years that I taught. And these kids, were they came to us because they were having trouble. And it was amazing to me how quick they could yell out, I'll kill you. You know, somebody steps on their shoe, step on my shoe again, I'll kill you. And I'm like, man, how did you go from walking into the school, somebody accidentally steps on your shoe, and the only response, all the places you could go, the one place you went was, I'll take your life for this. Somebody has taught you that. Somebody has put that on the inside of you. And if you are brought up in a hostile environment where people are constantly fussing and fighting if you don't deal with that, that will go right into your adulthood and your constant. Why? Because you can't handle rejection. That the, you, They rejected you. And the only thing that you know how to do when you feel rejection is fight back. You criticize me, I'm going to criticize you. And we're going to see how low can we go. Then she goes on to say, if children live with fear, they learn to be apprehensive fear failure. There are a whole lot of fear. The word phobia comes from the word, uh, we get our word uh, fear from the word phobia. And there are a whole lot of phobias out there where you're fear of a whole lot of things. But if you've been raised in a place where um, you're constantly criticized, hostility, then you have fear and you're apprehensive about trying. I don't care how good you are. And people can see gifts and talents in you. But if you have this fear, And again, I want to keep emphasizing that doesn't end at 20, automatically drops off. That will, there there are people out there listening right now. You're apprehensive about doing things. You have a fear of failure, or you might even have a fear of success. Went on to say, I want to share another one, then we'll, we'll move on from here. If children live with pity, that means that you have a lot of regret and disappointment in your life they learn to feel sorry for themselves. Woe is me, man. If you would have had it, if you would have had a father, I didn't have a father. I didn't have a mother. Man, if you would have had it like I had it, you would understand why, you know, why I had it so bad. And and all of these other things. These things are these are rejections on the inside of you. uh, that give me a few minutes, God wants to clean up in your life. So those are just a few about this this poem from by Dorothy Nolte. That's what happens when we live with rejection. And then she says, This is what happens when you live with acceptance. She says, if children live with acceptance, they learn how to love Wow! when children live with acceptance, that is the main ingredient that helps teach you how to love when you learn, when you have been raised in an environment where you can accept people for who they are. Then she goes on to say, if children live with approval, they learn to like themselves. Man, it's hard liking yourself when they call it, when you think you soft rock and they're they're lifting up hard rock. It's hard. It's hard to like yourself when you're being compared to other people and you're always at the short end of the stick. It's hard. If children live with sharing, they learn generosity. We're basically born selfish and self-centered people. And the last thing we want to do is share. But man, if... If you can learn the joy of giving and, I, and, I, and and that's one thing that I've learned as an adult is the joy of giving and the satisfaction of knowing that you have been a blessing in someone else's life. You fulfilled what God told Abraham uh, way back in Genesis 13. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. To all the earth is blessed. And then he says that the blessings of Abraham would come upon the followers of Jesus Christ, those same blessings. Why did he bless us? So that we can be a blessing to others and the joy and the satisfaction of generosity. You know, I don't give money to my church because some preacher got up and read Malachi. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me in tithes and offering. You're cursed with a curse. There are no more curses. Jesus died for all curses. God does not force bad things on you and then force bad things on the next generation and the next generation. He doesn't do that anymore. Jesus paid the price for all curses. What do I give now? I give the way Paul says, give. Second Corinthians chapter nine, God love a happy, hilarious, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. I found a joy in generosity, why? Because that's a part of loving and accepting. Then it goes on to say, if children live with security, they learn to have faith in themselves and they can also put faith in others. Why? Because they don't get their security from people. They've learned to get their security from God. They learn how to trust God. And if you're living with rejection, I want to give you some things that can help you. And again, to to, to understand it, you have to first identify it. And this is what people do when they, and don't think about somebody else, just think about your own life, unless somebody's asking you for help. Because I, I, I try to help as many people as I can when I listen to them, especially people that are having relationship, marital issues. And, and I said, man, you, you, you seem to have a root of rejection in your life. In other words, you, you react in a negative way when negative things happen to you. And it's not because of the what happened. It's just triggering something that was already there. And this is what happens when you have a root of rejection. You're afraid of being rejected because it's a fear. It's a fear that you have. And we know 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I uh, be afraid? Also, the book of Matthew says that in the days that we're living now, in the the year 2022, it says that men's hearts will fail them and women because of fear. And one of those fears is the fear of being rejected. And so we do a lot of ungodly things trying not to be rejected. We lie a lot. You man, you lie. If it looks like it's going to make you look bad and people might reject you, it is it, like the, the boy said he, he was quoting the Bible and uh and it says uh and somebody asked him what the Bible say about lying. He said it's a present help in the time of need, and that's a misinterpretation of the Bible. <laughs> yeah, he said lie is always a present help in the time of need, but a person who is in fear of someone rejecting them, man, they, they will they will lie before you even say anything to them. They are they they got the lie out. Another thing, they exaggerate. They exaggerate. Why? Because they're not satisfied telling you that the fish was this big. <laughs> no, they, they think to impress you that the fish gotta be this big. They exaggerate. Why? Because they think uh by telling the truth that somehow they'll be rejected. Another one again, we talked about that. They're competitive. You know, people say, uh you dress to impress. In other words, you want other people to like what you wear. You, you want other people to approve of what you wear. I don't believe you should dress for it. Uh, dress to impress. I believe you should dress for success. Whatever success is and wherever you're at, then you dress for success. You don't dress to impress because here, here's what happens. What happens if they're not impressed? You're crushed. Even exercise, you know, Exercising. Are you exercising for success of health or you exercise to impress? That's why you're all on showing everybody your abs and all of this. Why? Because I'm doing this to impress. That's not where you get your self worth and value from by other people. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Where everything is about what's going on out here and how they see me, that comes from a root of rejection. You have rejected you and you, the only way that you can accept you is through the eyes of other people. But I'm going to show you, you just stick with me. I'm going a little longer than a half an hour today. You snowed in. If you're in the Midwest, you're not going anywhere anyway. So give me a little more time, but I'm going to show you how you can accept yourself. And you don't need all of this acceptance from other people to have value and self-worth. OK, here's another one. When you have a, a root of rejection, you want to control what people think about you. Now, that is really <laughs> that is really a, the, you talk about the impossible dream and the impossible task. You can't control what people think about you. Here you are 40 years ago, 40 years old, 50 years old, calling somebody up. Talking about, I heard what you said about me. In other words, I want to control what people think about me. What a waste of time. What a waste of your life. You can't control what people think about you. You can't control what people say about you. You're not in control of that. But why are you doing it? Why are you putting all of this time, energy, and effort in what somebody is thinking about you? The Question is, what do you think about you? At the end of the day, that what, that's what really matters is not what they think about you, but it's what you think about you. That's a person who has a root of rejection. Here's another one, last one, and we'll move on. It's hard for you to apologize. It's hard for you to be wrong because of that root of rejection on the inside of you. It's hard for you to admit that you did something wrong. Why? Because it, it 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 speaks to your uh, poor self image of yourself. It it makes you feel of less value, and you are wrong. But it's hard for you to admit it. If if there's any way you can get out of that. But here's here's the here's the conclusion of the matter. I said all of that to get that to, to get to this. God's love can remove all of the feelings of rejection that you've ever had in your life. And I don't care how old you are. God's love can remove it. That's what I found out. I want to read this scripture in uh, Galatians chapter five, verse 13 through 15 in the New Living Translation. It says, for you, I love this, for you were called to freedom sound like John chapter eight, verse 30 to 31, uh, then said Jesus to those Jews, if you just believe me, and if you continue believing me, I'm gonna teach you some truth. Now in the context, he was talking about the truth of God's grace. He says, I'm gonna teach you the truth of God's grace and the truth of God's grace will set you free from the Mosaic law. He says, I'm here to give you truth. The Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide you into all truth because therein is your freedom. But Paul says this, for you were called to freedom. In other words, we're not to be in bondage in, in, as it relates to the subject that we're talking about. We are not to be in bondage to the fear of rejection, the fear of what somebody said about me, the fear of what somebody thinking about me. He goes on to say, only do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. (laughs) All of rejection that you ever have ever faced in your life can be fulfilled and wiped out of your life with this one word, L-O-V-E when you receive the love of God in your hearts and you walk in that love and you exercise that love, he goes, oh man, let, let me see if I can get through this scripture. For the whole law is fulfilled with one word. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another fussing and fighting and doing all you'll just consume one another but he goes on to say but if you love people the way you love yourself you remove all rejection from you you have received the love of God for yourself and when you have the love of God on the inside of you you don't have to impress anybody whether it's dress or exercise or what you wear or what you drive, because let me tell you, he's talking about impressing someone. You're gonna have to always come up with something new, because if you're trying to impress me with your new car, it's only new to me once. If you impress me with a, 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 a something else, you better come up with a new car. If you want to impress me with your new house, you only—I'm excited for you. I, I love it. It's nice. But as far as impressing me, that house is only going to impress me once until you get a new one. Even when you're showing your abs and everything else for, for impressions, you going to have to get some new ones to impress me again. In other words, you're on such a superficial level that you think the approval of other people. But if you want the approval of other people, you're going to have to keep coming up with something new. You have to keep coming up with something new and it's going to wear you out. It's unsustainable. You can't do it. You're going to have to learn to love. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. And I'm going to get to the last thing I want to say in a minute. I learned this and we should have learned this. Uh, really, you know they used to say, have this saying, you learned everything in kindergarten. Well, uh, they taught us this in Sunday school many of us didn't get uh, didn't get the understanding of it. And it was in that little simple song, Jesus loves me, this I know. for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him below, we are weak and he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. There goes all my rejection. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. His word told me so. And in that love is no rejection. And when I receive that love, that means in acceptance, I get the highest value that any human can receive. You know, we talk a lot about uh, net worth and building wealth and all of that. Uh, If you don't receive Self-worth, you can have all the wealth worth or the net worth in the world. If you don't have any self-worth and money can't give you self-worth because money, because self-worth is what you see when you look in the mirror. It's what you think about you. Praise God for uh, wealth and building wealth. And you should have money in the bank. (laughs) Praise God for all of that. But that's not where God gives you value at. God doesn't determine your self-worth by your net worth or your wealth. He determines your self-worth by his love for you. That's where you get that at. Then he goes on to say, or I wrote this down. When, when I, I received the acceptance from God through his love, I have the highest value that any other human can have. And then I want other people to have that same value. We have no more competition. I want what's best for you. I want you to win. I want you to overcome because I, God has already given me his best. Nothing that I can get from you is going to be better than what God has already given me I don't need to fight fuss and fight with my wife trying to get her to give me something so I can feel good about myself trying to get some man and let me tell you something too when you don't have a poor self-image of yourself and you're and you are afraid of rejection you put yourself in a position especially when you're looking for love in all the wrong places you put yourself in a position for the predators who are looking for people like you, who are looking for desperate people. A sister in my church told me years ago, said God does not create desperate people, desperate for somebody to like them, desperate for somebody to hold them, desperate, desperate. And the predators come along for only one thing, just to use and abuse. Why? Because you haven't received your self-worth from God. Jesus forgives me of my shortcomings with his love. Forgives me for everything that I do. Now, is that a license to be a fool? No, that's not a license to be a fool. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 2, 4, that when you receive the love of God, man, it'll cause you to change. I see myself through Jesus' eyes and his eyes only. And he says, you're accepted in the beloved. You'll always accept it. I will never, I will never cast you away. And then I began to say this about me. Give me about three minutes. I love me some me. Woo, I like that. Now, when I first said it, it sounds like, you know, the world can say can tell you stuff that when you begin to speak the truth of God word, it sounds like you lying. You know, in the world is like, man, you, you if you talk about yourself, that you stuck on yourself. And if you say something good about yourself, you saying you better than somebody else. And whatever you say about yourself, let other people say good stuff about you. You don't need to be saying stuff like that about you. And if you hear that all your life, when you read God's word and he tells you to love yourself, it sounds like God is the one that's crazy. When he said, love your neighbor like you love yourself, and you began to say, I love me some me. The first time I remember, shoot, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I told my church, I love me some me. Uh, a friend of mine is in the church who's a member of the church, he said, man, I didn't want to hear you say that. I'm like, who is he to say he loves him some me? And he loved himself. He said, the only reason I was thinking that way because I didn't like me, I didn't love me. And you were putting a mirror in my face to let me see that I did not love me. And I didn't want to hear about anybody that said they loved themselves. Let God be true and everybody else a lie. I love me some Julius Stevens. I love me some me. And when I give myself the highest value, I don't have to leave me to go find love for me. Why? Because Romans 5, 5 says the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. And it makes no spiritual sense, no common sense, or no logical sense for me not to use that love for me. This love is for everybody else. No, this love is to be enjoyed by me. The love that God has given me is to be enjoyed by me. And it's also to be enjoyed by you. Somebody say I don't love you and you fall apart. No, I love me. There's something you're missing out on not loving me. I don't want you. That's all right. I want me. I don't care about, I care about me. I'm firing you from being in charge of loving me. And I'll take over from here. Thank you. I'm firing you from being impressed with me. I'll impress myself. <laughs> I'll get it all from God. And I found out, <laughs> I heard Pastor Al Jennings say this. He, he said God keeps your picture in, in his wallet. Man, I like that. I, I believe he got my picture in there too. I believe he got my picture up front. <laughs> yeah, you're God's favorite child. He tells us all that we're his favorite child. You've got to see yourself through God's eyes and stop taking the opinion of people who don't know God, who don't know about the love of God. And you let them dictate to you who God says you are. Look, I'm out of time. Look, I, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Uh, if it has like and share with others, I would I would appreciate this. Uh, this is also on uh, YouTube at the Pastor J uh, podcast. Uh, you can tell people to 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 direct them to YouTube the Pastor J podcast and they can like and subscribe and, and I just want to come to you and and share uh, the good things that God has shared with me over this walk and, and how God has worked out issues in my life and he wants us all free not to be bound by anything so I want to pray with you before I before you go again. If you're if you're caught up in the snow like I am here in Indianapolis, uh, you know, I'm not going outside. We'll shove it later. <laughs> we'll deal with all that later. I'm just going to sit back and look outside the window and let it snow and let it do its thing. And then I'll get out there and do mine. But I, I want you to stay safe. And I also uh, want to uh, speak a blessing over you. And Father, I just thank you and praise you for all those that have uh, come and listened today. I believe something. If just one word was said to change their life, that's all they need, just to look at things from a different perspective. I thank you and I praise you for all those under the sound of my voice that they realize that they are loved and they get their love from you, that they love themselves, and then they share that love with others. I speak blessings over their house, safety over their house, blessings over their house, over their house. And whatever they do, whatever they put their hands to do, that give you the glory, give you the honor and give you the praise. Uh, We speak that that thing will prosper. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.